Heroes of Welcome to episode 276 of Heroes of Handheld, the world's greatest and bestest podcast. We are the best in the world, and don't let don't let anyone tell you different because we're just we're just bloody brilliant here. And we like to talk about handheld gaming. That's why we're called Heroes of Handheld because we're the heroes of the handheld gaming devices. In the past, we've spoken about PlayStation Portable, PlayStation Vita, 3DS, new 3DS, uh, the new 2DS XL, and the other XL consoles that came out and. There's been so there's been so many consoles. We've spoken about the old um, Samsung Jet from 2010, which was a bloody great phone. I, I, I was really that was just before proper smart. I think that was when did the first iPhone come out? That was 2007, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, around then. Anyway, uh, so Samsung Jet was one of my first smartphones, and it was bloody brilliant. Like I think there was a Facebook app on it, but it was it was awful. Or did yeah, I think there was a Facebook app or something. These when apps were in their infancy, and I swear the games on there were just great as well, but not as good as the Nokia phones of like the nineties with the uh, 30, 3310, 3410 with Snake yep. and uh, Space Impact and all those brilliant games. Space Impact was just great. Just loved those games so much. And the thing is, if you've not used your Nokia phone um, for about fifteen years, it's probably still got charge in it from 15 years ago so load it up and play some snake but anyway we're here as a fantail but the, the main thing we talk about here is nintendo switch that's our boy we love nintendo switch we both have one and i say both of us because i'm colin i'm one of your hosts and i'm joined by finally after almost a month because no it's been over a month i think it was the 11th of december was our oh last yeah because because something happened over christmas didn't it yeah yeah that's chris it's chris hi you're right hey thank you yes thank you for having me do you remember me i am me and thank you for me being me um colin hi now it's been such a long time there's been so much to talk about but the big thing is have you seen cats yet no and what i've not seen cats now here's the thing i was all in on cats because i love a musical as you know i lay miserable is one of my favorite musicals and favorite films of all time i love a bit of lay Miz, i love a bit of russell crowe singing off key and i love hugh jackman so i loved it and the director is the director of lay miserable the film that came out in 2011-12 same director of cats and yeah tom hooper yes i think so um and Cats came and went, and I've, I very much enjoyed reading the reviews for it, I must say. Probably the, one of the most critically panned films of the decade, and we've only just started this decade, and it was in the last decade. Um, I've not seen it. Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I, I just seen it. would have done. Of course I saw but it last, why? last year. But, but why? Because I've got why? a Mr. card, and if I don't see a film oh, every right. week, I'm not making money. Oh, okay, so that makes more sense. So you didn't actually, yeah. we did spend money technically, but you didn't yeah. really spend money. That makes more sense. Okay, so I've not actually spoken to anyone who's actually seen it. I'm just taking it from reviews and like YouTubers and things like that. I want to know, what did you think of Cats? Well, I don't even think it's in cinemas anymore, is it? It probably, probably isn't. It, it just literally 
completely disappeared the face. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, see, Memories. What's it like? You know what, Colin? It's not being so negative. It was fine. Like, was it though? It was weird. But it wasn't like offensively bad, you know. Right. It, uh, people love to get their panties in a bunch about this sort of stuff, but it was fine. It that was probably as poster. good as the Greatest Showman. That, that should be on the poster. Like, it's not offensively bad. <laughs> two stars. Yeah, maybe. No, Greatest Showman was in a different league. That was some shit hot shit. That was great. Yeah, you no, love Greatest Showman, didn't you? They think I'm. I saw someone. So actually, before I, I make this point, so you actually, you honestly didn't mind cats. You thought it was right. Yeah, I didn't like it, but like it wasn't bad. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> oh my god. I guess like. So I'm guessing you went and saw it after all the reviews came out. So you knew about all the hate and the negativity and everything. Yeah, I had an inkling that perhaps it wouldn't be the most popular of movies. Yeah. So I, maybe your um, expectations were so low anyway that you didn't mind it, but. Maybe if you were a big fan, have you ever seen the stage, um, the stage show, Cats? No, never, never seen no, it. No, neither have I. Um, yeah, I, I hear a lot of people say that's very diversive as well. A lot of people aren't keen on that because that that's weird. I mean, it's Andrew Lloyd Webber, isn't it? Um, but somebody made a really good point about Cats: how it would have made more sense to have someone like Baz Luhrmann direct it. Because, you know, he's so over the top and so ridiculous and so camp with his films. It would have made sense. The problem with the director they got, um, Tom Hooper, I think you said his name was, who directed Les Miserables. And um, I think he did the King's spe- uh, speech as well. Yes. So all these. So he, his big shtick is that he likes getting close ups of actors. He likes to really see the emotion, zoom in on their faces and properly get the you know emotion from a character in, the, in their performance. The problem with, with cats is that because of all the terrible CGI or the over-the-top CGI, having like the camera focus so much on the characters' faces just probably made it a bit jarring, and you couldn't really take it seriously. Did you find there was a lot of close-ups on the characters' faces in this, and when they were singing their songs, like um, um, reasons I and mean, stuff like that? I mean, there was a surprising amount of close-ups of Judy Dench, uh, like scratching her cat genitals. If that's what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Well, yeah. I hear there's a. Isn't there a bit where um, uh, what's her face eats like cockroaches, and they're like yeah, yeah like, unless she eats them alive, it's like a bit brutal. Yeah, yeah. and they've got tiny uh, faces. Yeah, you need you need to see this film, Colin. I really like. I very point. firmly believe that you that you not not you the listener, you Colin specifically need to watch this film. It is so up your alley with how weird and wazzy and musicy it is. Is Idris Elba good? Is he? Does he steal the show? Uh, he looks. Yeah, he's very strange. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll probably wait for it to come out on Dev a Day. You know, that's what I'll do. Yeah, Maybe I will give enough. it a go. Hopefully, I'm hoping it's one of these films that will get get put on Netflix quite quickly because they need to find a market for it, and maybe Netflix is the way for people to uh, ingest it. But I'm really interested. That's really fascinating. I thought there'd be no chance that you would have seen it. So that's cool. That's uh, really interesting. Um, but I also, I saw Star Wars over the Christmas period. We've not spoken about this really, I don't think. Mm. Have, you, have you seen? I have um, seen I've it. Seen... I'm very right. wary of spoily stuff, but out of yeah. 10? Um, oh, that's a difficult one. I'm going to give it two ratings. In terms of a cinema experience, I'll probably give it a seven. Because yeah. I was well in, I was I was interested, and I was uh, it was engaging as a film, 
But as an overall Star Wars film in relation to the other films that have come before it, probably a three or a two. Um, really? I had a lot. I had a lot, a lot of issues with it. And yeah, I didn't mind Last Jedi. And I thought Force Awakens was good, was good. So I'm not like, I've I'm, I'm not really raved about any of this new trilogy, but the third mm. one, I do feel they sort of took the easy way out with it. And okay, it here's, here's, here's what we're going to do, Colin. Here's right. what we're going to do. We're gonna do the. We're gonna do start the podcast now. We're gonna start talking about handheld gaming. We're gonna yeah. and then at the end, once we say goodbye, we're gonna stay on the line and talk about Star Wars because I want to dig into that. But I'm aware we should get to the handheld stuff. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. So are you, are you saying that we should do like an extra part on this podcast or just do it? Off yeah, yeah. 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 Just like, just stick it on at the end, and then if people are curious, they'll stay listening, and if not, they can turn it off. Okay. Fair enough. Anyway, uh, right, yeah, let's move on to handheld gaming. Quickly mentioning games I've been playing over the Christmas period because I know I did mention it, but I want to talk about it with you. I've been playing Super Mario Odyssey, finally. Ooh. Um, and it's gr- it's bloody great. It's such a great... I just feel so safe and happy and warm and fuzzy when I play it because it's such a well-made game and so much love has gone into it. And it's just, it's just, it's just bloody great. You know, it's so clever. It's smart. It's addictive. It's colourful. Uh, it's it's brilliant. I, I really like it, and I'm well into it. And I'm on the level where it's like a forest world at the moment. Um, nice. So, yeah, it's good. That's a good film. And I've also been a good film. It's a good game. I've also been playing um, last, not last year. Is it last? Year? Yeah, Fallen Order. Sorry, Star Wars Fallen Order um, oh, yeah. on Xbox. Which is also brilliant. Um, really, really hard, really hard game. It's not easy, and uh, load times are annoying, but it's great. Um, a few technical issues with it, but that's fun. That's good as well. Anyway, uh, yes. Do you want to say what you've been playing, or do you want to move straight? Yeah, I've I have been playing um, Luigi's Mansion, the new one for the Nintendo ah. Switch, which ah. I'm really enjoying. It's it's much more um, like puzzly than I thought it was going to be. And it's also the way they do the level design and split everything apart is really cool. It reminds me almost of like Bioshock in the way you have like these different realms and like you'll do a load of levels in like the music zone and then you go to like the garden zone and then you go to like um, the move, the Hollywood zone and all this kind of stuff. Like it's really like the style of it is really cool and like it's a little bit hard to control. Like sometimes I would say that it could benefit from maybe letting you customize the controls a bit more um but it's really good fun and like there's a really strong puzzle element where you use guiji who is the kind of goop version of you who like slips off from you and can get into places that you can't um because he can slip through wire and cracks and stuff but the trade-off is you can't get wet so there are some really cool puzzles where you have to like be juggling what you're doing or what guiji is doing and like making sure that you're both kind of um uh doing the right thing at the right time and working together and all this stuff yeah it's really it's a really smart game i'm really enjoying it i'm not i'm probably about halfway in maybe maybe a little bit less and it's quite like surprisingly long um but it's good and like just when what i think they do really well is just when you think a level is getting a bit too boring or overwhelming then it ends and you go to the next one like it's very very well paced um which is the thing that i think like uh, Nintendo games can sometimes struggle with. I think actually Super Mario Odyssey does that really well as well, where you are uh, you get you can get as much as you can out of a level, 
or you can just finish the main part of it and then you feel like you're ready to move on to the next one. So yeah, I've been playing a lot of that. The other thing I have been playing is for my sins. I have been dipping back into Fortnite um, and just to get in on uh, on in on it on the new map and stuff. Uh, and I'm in, I'm enjoying it. It's still obviously very enjoyable. Um, the Star Wars update over Christmas was very good. And then it kind of broke uh, my mind a little bit, like to be running around with lightsabers and stuff. And then that moved on to the next thing. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, Fortnite's always good and they are very good at like, it feels like a different game every time you play it, which is kind of good and kind of bad. But when it's good, it is, you know, very satisfying. Maybe I need to give Fortnite another go, you know? Yeah. I sort of enjoyed it, but the one, the best I did was when I hid in the toilet for like 20 minutes and then came fifth. That was quite good. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I... Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, don't forget Rocket League. Play a bit of Rocket League over Christmas. Such fun. Mm. Love a bit of Rocket League. Uh, anyway, that's good. That's great. So you've been playing a wide variety, and that's interesting. You played Luigi's Mansion because, um, uh, yeah, they're supposed to, they're supposed to be good. And that's interesting. You say about the two different types of Luigi having to work together. That's similar to the game I was playing before Christmas. I spoke about uh, my memory of us, which yeah, um, I did complete. Um, that was very much we have two characters, and you have to make sure. Um, you use both of their abilities to complete puzzles. So, mm. interesting. Cool. Uh, right, let's move on to some handheld news. And I'm going to... Oh, he's there. They found you. So yeah. now. Yeah, they got you. Uh, right, so I want to talk about Harry Potter Wizards Unite because I talk about it every week. And there's been... Uh, there's lots of stuff going on in the game over Christmas. And um, for those who don't know, it's the game by Niantic, uh, same company that gave you Pokemon Go. Uh, same sort of idea. Not going to go into the details because it'll, it'll just break your brain, the story in it. But uh, with Wizards Unite, over Christmas, they had a few brilliant events. They had um, the 12 Tasks of Christmas, which was really cool as well. Uh, loads of opportunities to get extra goodies and more XP and all that sort of uh, goodness as well. Uh, but now we've got another brilliant event. I'm just going to get the name of it, but it's based around Voldemort and Dumbledore. So there's more foundables relating to Dumbledore appearing in the Wizarding World. Uh, these brilliant events are normally split into two part so there'll be one week of one then another week of the other side of things so i believe the first week is more focused on dumbledore and the second part is more focused on voldemort so for this first part of the brilliant events uh in the wild you're going to see more dumbledore foundables and traces and also forks the phoenix will be appearing as well uh and then in about a week's time the second part of it will be more stuff relating to Voldemort. So uh, I do love these events. Um, it means we get the brilliant foundables appearing in the world. You've got a chance to get more XP. There's more special tasks you can do to get more XP as well. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's great. It's fun. Uh, by finding brilliant port keys and unlocking those, you can also get um, more foundables. So it's just, these events are great. It gives you a reason to come back and you know, complete the special tasks. But they they are... I say it's an overload of events on Wizards Unite, but it's what they need because whenever there's no events going on in the game, I do feel my interest waning a little bit and I sort of think oh, I'm not too fussed. But when these events come back, it gets me back into playing the game again. Um, so yeah, that is interesting and cool. And I want to go straight on to Pokemon Go actually, and there's a reason for that. Um, I Just before Christmas, I don't think we actually spoke about this, but I noticed that a few more gyms appeared in the world around where I live. I don't know if you 
you noticed this as well. Um, I didn't see any update relating to this, but it seemed like a few post boxes around where I live have now become poker gyms. Yeah, post boxes seem to be a really popular one. Well, partly they added a feature where you could nominate poker stops if you're level 40. But it's interesting that it seems to be that post boxes are the things that seem to have really like picked up votes yeah like i've got one down the road for me and one at the end of my street so two have appeared around me and it's they're not exactly like hot spots they're just down the middle of um you know residential roads so it's mm. a bit strange really but i mean it works it's better for me because i've got it near me as well but um yeah that appeared in maybe it was november start of december time so that's that was cool um so yeah, I, I noticed that and I don't think we'd actually brought it up. So yeah. And I see you've also put in the notes about the other stuff going on in Pokemon Go. But the main thing we should talk about is the Safari Zone Pokemon Go Fest coming to the UK for the first time, which is exciting. Um do you want to give the details on that? My my Yeah, uh, so well funnily, there's even more breaking Pokemon Go news. Um, because they've also announced how the February community day is going to work. Um, okay. So basically, then, then we will talk about Safari Zone next, I promise, because it is interesting to come to the UK. But this is breaking, so I just thought we'd cover it. Um, on Saturday, the 1st of February, for um, the day, you can vote for what the next Community Day Pokemon will be via in-game tasks. So every um, there's going to be the option between Vulpix, Machop, Raihorn, and Dratini. And what you will do is you'll be able to vote for... Um, a uh, one of those Pokemon to be the next featured Pokemon in Community Day via an in-game event uh, that requires you to catch 20 Pokemon. That's this Saturday that's happening. Um, no, next Saturday that's happening. So that's very exciting and very weird and a kind of interesting way of doing it. Um, so I just thought we'd cover that. But you mentioned um, oh, the yeah, coming... Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the coming of Pokemon Go um, to the UK. Uh, this is pretty big stuff as well, um, because this I think this is the first time there's been an official event of this type um, happening over here. It is. Um, I think the near, nearest we've had was Germany in yes. Berlin or Hamburg. I think yeah, it was. No, Hamburg, no, Stuttgart or Stuttgart, um, I think it was. Anyway, anyway so from the, the 17th to the 19th of mm. April 2020, uh, tickets will be £12 or £18 to get you early access um, for two extra hours. And basically, it's going to be the Pokemon Go Safari Zone. Um, it was a submission for Niantic Live 2020, uh, which basically means that the Liverpool Council kind of applied for this. I mean, other cities will have done as well. Um, and it's going to be set in Sefton Park uh, and will include Pokemons that currently only spawn... Um, well, for, will include Pokemon spawns like New Zealand Regional Relicanth, uh, as well as an increase in Krabby's, Routini's, Chinchow, and Oshawott as well. Um, and then there's also ones happening in the US and St. Louis and Philadelphia. And basically, it's just like a, it's, it's, it's an in real life Pokemon Go event, which will cost, you know, um, like £12 or £18. So not loads if you're near Liverpool. That's not hugely unaffordable to do. Um, it's kind of exciting. Are you going to go? Really, I'm really tempted by this, you know, if I can find an excuse to. Because I've got nothing else going on this year, so I might as well spend all my money going up to uh, Liverpool. Very so good. you know but I, I would love to do this if i had the time i have to look into so yeah 17th to the 19th of april a couple of months to plan it so maybe maybe we'll i'll look into that yeah i don't think you mentioned them a few of the pokemon that are going to be spawning a lot at this event there's also unknown is it unknown five unknown oh, v unknown v that'll be yeah 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 unknown v 
yeah so that's cool as well so yeah it's cool that it's coming to the uk um you know i mean we we wait and see whether you know the price of admission is worth it 12 pounds i'm sure when it happens we'll get a lot of feedback from people in the uk explaining what it's like and it's good that's finally coming over here um and it's also sort of nice that it's not going to london well i mean it's it's difficult for us because obviously you live in london so it would be an ideal and um london's not far from me but it's actually quite interesting that they decided to go to a city outside of the of the capital uh, and to live so it's interesting Um, well it says it's based on different you know councils were able to apply so i mean liverpool are you know, have won things like City of Culture and things before, so you know it makes sense to put on a strong uh, appearance for that. So, yeah, yeah Beatles, fair, fair play to Anfield, yeah, yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool FC. Hopefully, there's no, hopefully there's not a Liverpool game going on that weekend. Otherwise, we'll be uh, very busy. Hellish, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, continuing with with the uh, Nintendo news, there's lo- I mean, there's loads and loads of stuff to talk about. Um, there has been an announcement since we were last on air of the latest uh, Smash Brothers DLC character, and it is this time around Byleth from Fire Emblem Three Houses, who's going to use a variety of uh, abilities in Heroes Relics, uh, including the Sword of the Creator, whatever that is. I've not played the most recent Fire Emblem um, to do different attacks, and this will be chal- this will be the fifth. Uh, DLC character now Colin I don't want to get your hopes up too much because Sakurai has announced that there are going to be uh, six new DLC fighters coming as part of Fighter Pass Volume 2 which is available to purchase from the end of January and will include six yet to be announced new characters now one tweeter uh, one little um, you know you could say uh, leaker or maybe just good guesser is speculating that the Immediately after Byleth, we will see the arrival of one Crash Bandicoot. So this oh, is Mandy King. Cannot on Twitter. And the reason why Mandy Cannot is deemed as accurate is because they tweeted back in October last year that Byleth would be the um, fifth fighter in Smash DLC. And then they tweeted afterwards that Crash comes directly after the first Challenger pack. Now, now the thing is, you know, that is that's not the maddest thing um but also they did manage to correctly say when the nintendo direct was coming as well they speculated and put and tweeted that so yeah it sounds like uh people are you know speculating that this could be the one that crash could be coming and crash and smash would make so much sense crash and smash I like that. See, like I just hope we we aren't we aren't disappointed just like uh, PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale when everyone wanted Crash Bandicoot but he just didn't appear. Yeah, so. but we did get to fight as uh, Isaac from Dead Space. So who's the real winner? <laughs> that was so fucking. Do you remember that game? That was so weird. You played on your PlayStation. I had it on my Vita. Brace and yourself. Was... Brace yourself. I had the sick <laughs> intro, didn't it? I was also I was always that that character with the skateboard I think yeah or yeah, you were Spike and he literally and... like not Spike, rapper. Those, that was it just like spamming the skateboard attack which is the most annoying thing so good oh, such, such a strange time to be alive uh, anyway but yeah Crash Bandicoot great like you know Sonic and Crash teaming up to take on the world Crash and Sonic versus Mario and Wild oh no you can't get Wild Luigi can you so maybe not. But maybe Don't one day. That, that'll be that'll be the next release. That'll be a silhouette of Crash Bandicoot, but it'll actually be Waluigi, and then everyone will be like, "Oh my god, there he is!" And the internet will break. Wow, Luigi! Wow! Wow! 
so that's cool. You, do you still play a lot of them, Smash Bros? Is that still a thing? Uh, I haven't in a while, to be honest. I, I imagine I will more when I uh, move at the end of the month because I think with a, I think it's a bit more of a party game. So we'll see how we get on. Yeah, definitely something you play as a. Oh my god! When it gets to my wedding, bring your Switch. We'll play Switch together. Yeah, we'll play. It. I'll play it at the table whilst you're trying to do a speech. Yeah, yeah, I'll play it as well. Put the speech. Yeah. I'll do my speech via Smash Bros. Put it on yeah. the projector. Uh, let's move on to another piece of news. And this is something you put in the, in the um, document, and I'm going to talk about this. Animal Crossing New Horizons, and uh, you can tell me whether this is a big deal or not. The fact that you put it in the, uh, the, you know, the document we have for news makes me think that you think this is a big piece of news. The fact that Animal Crossing has add, added shirts, and they could be sleeveless, either long-sleeved or short-sleeved. And apparently this is a big deal in Animal Crossing New Horizons. So there's a, an article here. Uh, and there's like a screen grab of all these different characters wearing very fetching shirts. And some are sleeveless, some have sleeves. And there's a wolf in the bottom right-hand corner who's wearing a really cool-looking like Christmas jumper, which looks really cool, actually. And then next to him, there's a chicken that's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. And really, I'm, I'm just blown away by, by this and how people... This article's losing its shit, and I think Chris is losing his shit over this. So are you, are you keen for sleeves? Are you keen for sleeves or voice- sleeves? What you need to remember, Colin, do you remember right. when we started doing this podcast many, many years ago? And I used to play Animal Crossing New Leaf every single day. Like, it yeah. was one of the first games I remember talking about on the podcast because I just got it on my um, uh, 3DS and I was playing it every day whilst I was at the end of uni. Now, we're at that point where we're going to start getting drip fed bits of Animal Crossing information for the release later on um, in the coming months. And so every, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just telling you now, everything they tell me is going to be a new story because I'm so excited for this game and I can't wait to just like dig my teeth into it and not let go, you know? And um, have a character with sleeves. Um, yeah, long shirt. sleeves. Long sleeves in Animal Crossing, Colin. So many, so many options, long sleeves or short sleeves. You know, it's the, the ultimate question, really, when it comes to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize like in the, the title for this article you put long sleeves in Animal Crossing baby. Nice. Yeah. I, long I sleeves, know. baby, let's go. Is that that's how I imagined it being said. Have you played brain training yet on Switch? I um I seen some video clips from it. It looks like the good old Nintendo DS version just on the bigger screen. So I am keen. I need to look at that. Once I finish Mario Odyssey, maybe I'll look at that because well keen on that. Mm. Baby. Well keen baby. on brain training. Baby, I could go forever, baby. Anyway, uh, what's next? Uh, next up, uh, a couple of two little things um, is that uh, Killer Queen Black, is, which is the uh, arcade game that's been adapted for Switch and PC, is adding a new eight-player mode, which is much cl- and eight players on one console, one Switch, no internet connection required, all eight of you connected to one screen. Um, this is called the Hydra update, and if you are inclined to get Killer Queen Black, but you've been waiting for this local multiplayer to be added, it's now coming, and there's a sale on right now, if you're in America, and at the end of the month in Nintendo, um, sorry, in Nintendo, in Europe, uh, on the 31st, and it will then be dropping, I think, by, like, around half price, or something like that, if we go by what the US pricing is. So this is eight-player local mode for Killer Queen Black, which is really good, so I'll be getting that, and then we'll be talking about it on the pod, probably in a couple of weeks. And the other thing as well, whilst talking about things coming to things, is that um, a ukulele demo 
is coming to the Switch eShop. So if you want to play Ukulele in the Impossible Lair, uh, there is a Switch demo and a actually PS4 demo as well coming on the 30th of January. So if you want to give it a try before you buy it, uh, you can have a look at it there. Ukulele in the Impossible Lair, um, oh, that's be sound, is made by the people who made the original uh, Ukulele, you know, Platonic, which is made up of a lot of rare people. And this is the one that kind of looks more inspired by like, Donkey Kong Country Returns, like it's much more of a 2D kind of platformy, jumpy experience and less of a 3D. But it looks really good. And actually, I found the 3D movement in the original ukulele not very good. Uh, so I think this one looks like it might be much more up my alley. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed that it's up your alley. Yeah, but it looks really good. Like the, the little video they've cut together for the, to announce the demo looks really nice. So do give that a look on heroesofhanna.wordpress.com. Um, I think that's probably everything for me, unless you've got anything else to say, Colin. No, I'm just watching this video that was on the tweet from Platonic, and it looks very nice, very pretty. I like the different animation styles where he's underwater and there's a silhouette level. It looks in a way similar to what was that game I played? Well, I guess it doesn't, but this, yeah, ignore. I was going to say it looks similar to Ori in the the Forbidden Forest or whatever it was, but in actual fact, it looks nothing like that. So, ignore me. I'm being stupid. I'm being stupid. That's BD1's all right. You're cute. not being stupid. Don't worry about it. I like BD One. He's cute. He's my companion friend in Fallen Order in um, poop, Star Wars. Poop. Poop, poop, poop. That's my BD1 impression. Is it good? It's a good. It's a great game. It's, how, uh, it's a how good impression. I don't know. I I think I'm doing all right. I'm about. I've gone back to. I don't want to give anything away plot wise, but I've gone back to a planet I've already visited, which was like the ice planet. That's how you distinguish between the levels. Like one's an ice planet, one's a desert planet, and one's a, like a a forest planet. But I've gone back to one of the levels and I found like a hidden relic somewhere. And, yeah, I'm getting more powerful as I go. Like, there's the saves in Fallen Order are really frustrating. In the way it reminds me, do you remember Dead Rising, the very first Dead Rising, where yeah, you could only save? One. Yeah, you could only save every time you found a bench to sleep on, and it was yeah. it's similar to that. You could, your game saves every time you find a space where you can meditate, but you can only meditate in certain areas where it's like it was like a glowing bit on the ground, and it's quite clever. You when you meditate, it saves. But when you meditate, you've got the option to revive your health, like put your health back up and all your regeneration um, potion things. But if you do that, every enemy you've defeated comes back and respawns. So okay. it's, like, it's a big sacrifice, really, because if you're really low on health, um, but and if when you die, the enemies will respawn anyway. So you've got the option. You either can um, risk it, and don't revive the enemies and just keep plowing forward low on health, not knowing what's around the corner. Or you can revive your health, but then you have to beat all the enemies again and try and beat it with more health. So sometimes it's a really big question. You have to ask yourself, how are you going to progress for a level? And it's there's been many a time where I have uh, had to replay a level over and over again. And it's really really pissed me off because it you have to get all the way back to your last uh, meditation place and sometimes that can be so far back and there was one part where i had to where from where i meditated i had to take out like six stormtroopers which is fine they're easy to kill i had to climb up this massive wall i had to beat this massive um 
big boar thing, which is huge and like takes ages to kill. And then whilst you're trying to kill that, all these stormtroopers are shooting you. And there's like the the shock troopers with their shock sticks as well. You got to get past that. Then once you've got past all of that, you've got to then beat this new stormtrooper that you've not bat- battled before, who's got like a, a a really powerful blaster on a very small ledge, so you can't really um, parry or dive out the way easily. And you can't reflect the bullet back at him because he's too fucking fast. And you can't easily hit him with your lightsaber because he just bloody jumps out of the way. And in the end, because I have this ability, you unlock abilities as you go through the game. And this won't be a surprise to people who play Star Wars games, but you've got something called a force push where you can like you know, send a bolt of force and it sends characters flying. I got so pissed off with this bloody enemy that because if you like kill it, pro- kill him properly, you get like... Um, some unlockables and stuff like that. I got so pissed off, I literally got him by the edge and just force pushed him off. I was like, fuck this. And it worked. That's how I got past it. Um, but it's a great game. It's it's very challenging. It's frustrating. It's um, The frame rate dips quite a lot. There's a lot of pop-in issues with it. It's a huge game, which doesn't seem to work that great on the Xbox One sometimes. But And there's been instances where you've gone past a bit where you think it's empty and then suddenly all these enemies will just like pop out of thin air in front of you. Um, which is annoying but it's a great game it's fun and the characters are good it's an interesting story as well it's it's set after um episode three in the main um uh games uh revenge of the sith the prequels so after the spoiler for anyone who's not seen the prequels but after order 66 exactly yes it's after all the 66 and all that stuff where all the jedis are hunted down so you're like what like an undercover well, you're a Jedi, but you're trying to hide from the fact that, you know, hide from the um, Empire who are hunting them down. So it's interesting. It's good. It's a great game. Great, great, great game. And we recommend very much. Hello there. Hello there. Anyway, um, General Kenobi. Uh, right. Uh, so shall we move on to our spoiler talk of Star Wars before we yes. end the pod? Shall we do that? So let's do. So let's say now to everyone, thank you very much for listening to uh, Heroes of Handheld. We'll be back in some form next week. I need to talk to you about that, Colin, because my internet might not be working on Wednesday. Um, Great. But I will let you know. Um, Thank you for listening. You can go to our website, heroesofhandheld.wordpress.com. If you're so inclined, you can also find us on. all your favorite podcasting apps you can find us on twitter by searching handheld podcast and you find us on facebook by searching heroes of handheld as well and you can email us if you want to email in your 2020 uh, gaming resolutions which is what i want to talk about next week colin uh you can do that by emailing heroes of handheld at gmail.com let us know your 2020 video games resolutions but if you want to talk about you want to hear a little bit of talk about star wars the latest film spoilers abound now we are going to do that. So thank you for listening. If you want to turn off now, we totally understand. If not, Colin, what the fuck? What a film. Why are you ranking it so low? You are a shit. So you like it then, I'm guessing? Um, I mean, I liked it. It's not, it's not amazing, but you give it like two out of ten. No, you misunderstand me. As a film experience, it was a seven. But as an overall um, addition to the Star Wars main bulk of films, it just wasn't great. How can that be Uh, true when it it featured Palpatine back from the dead for no reason? But why? That was Ray's (laughs) surname the whole time. Oh, you're being you you hated it, didn't you? You're just but you're pulling my leg. You hated it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I thought it was pretty good. 
Yes, it was, it was pretty this... good as a film, but come on, what is... it was just lazy. Yeah. What the hell? Palpatine, yeah. what the fuck? So he's supposed to bang some lady to have a daughter. What the fuck? Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. Yes, Palpatine. Uh, Get your dick wet, son. The problem is, it feels like with that new trilogy, the, I don't know, the Skywalker trilogy, whatever they called it, with Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker, they needed to have one director for all of them, or at least a director who, who everyone was singing from the same hymn sheet. It feels like the second one and the third one, like it's almost like the third one undoes everything that was done in the second one like i wasn't the biggest fan of last jedi i thought it was fine i i you know it was good same, same with the third one really but i could appreciate that ryan johnson he made some really big choices in the second one where he said ray's parents were nobody where he killed off snoke straight away um what else there's other things as well he did he made luke skywalker a whiny little bitch as well so all these like big things like the the beginning of last jedi where the force awaken ends where ray gives the lightsaber to luke and then it ends where it opens with last jedi and he throws the lightsaber over his shoulder that's such a good twist on what you expect to happen and the second film last jedi sort of goes against what you'd expect from a star wars film it sort of changed it up a little bit it didn't it it wasn't following the same um routine plot lines as the original three which was really interesting and so that's why people were interested i think people are interested by the third one to see where they would go with that and a lot of the star wars fanboys didn't like the second film because of all the you know the big choices but then it feels like all the choices that were made in the second one straight away jj abrams goes oh no they didn't matter they're all lies it, it doesn't matter forget about that forget about that this is what it is ray's got a a powerful grandfather um she has got important parents um it you know um kylo ren destroyed this helmet little jokes he prepares it straight away at the beginning so that was pointless um what other stuff is terrible um um yeah the whole palpatine thing was stupid because the whole message of the second one was like at the end of the second one uh when there's um i think there's a ship in the sky and there's kids on that planet all looking up with hope because they're all poor kids giving the impression that anyone can can rise up and be someone powerful and that's why they they made ray's parents nobody but then in the third one it's like oh no no she has got a famous or powerful pe- grandparents so that's that's why she's got the force because of that you know it's not because she's a nobody it's because she, she had palpatine as a grandfather which made no sense and palpatine comes back to life and it makes no sense they don't explain why he's just there and somehow he's made all these these ships thousands of thousands of ships how the fuck's he done that? How did he survive getting thrown down a hole? They don't actually say. Who are those weird creatures that are like nursing him back to health? Who the fuck are they? At the end, where they're in that weird temple where he's like, um, you need to kill me and then you'll become the new empress. Like, what, who are all those people in the stands watching them? Who the fuck are they? There's like random ghost people. And like, since, and the biggest thing, now, now this, this really irritated me the more I read into this. Since when can Jedi's just like heal all wounds? Like, and stop people from dying. Like, what the fuck's that about? So how did Qui-Gon Jinn die in the first episode one when he gets stabbed by Darth Maul? Why couldn't Obi-Wan Kenobi just, like, touch the wound and make him better again? You know, it's... What the fuck? Like, Kylo Ren dies. Comes back to life because of Rey. Rey dies. Kylo Kylo Ren brings her back. Oh, it's just so stupid. So stupid. The thing is, Colin... Right. And now, don't get me wrong. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. And my my big take on Star Wars is 
compared to something like the MCU, which had such a thorough line for 22 films, it is astonishing that there wasn't a clear marking of plot for three films across the new Star Wars films. Yeah. Like, that is uh, just, like, insane. And I would have watched the J.J. Abrams trilogy. I would have watched the Ryan Johnson trilogy. I'm happy, you know, I I, I didn't like Last Jedi that much watching it, but now I look back on it and I think, actually, I really admire that they did something brave with Star Wars and tried to make something new and interesting. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, it's so, like, that that most recent film, when it works, is amazing. But when it doesn't work, it is so, like, I feel like you see the facade of filmmaking because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, obviously it's massive spoilers, but we've talked, we said it's already spoilers. Like, oh, Chewie's dead. Oh, but he's not really oh, dead. Oh, he was in another oh, ship. That was, oh, C3 is having, having his memory wiped. Oh, he's not really though because his memory's not on a backup. Actually, it's <laughs> yeah, fine. Like, no, it's it's like it's like the thing. Like no one, there's no fret, there's no worry, there's no like concern because yeah. nothing matters. There's like, no states. You know, if I've yeah. seen and um, um, thingy's uh, a friend on on the planet, there's one with a sick helmet, and she's like, oh, I can't get off the planet without this chip. But then a planet blows off, and then she's off the planet anyway. It's so like, <laughs> it's so manufactured <laughs> to make you feel shock at emotional moments rather than like nurturing an actual genuine reaction i think that's what's for me like the stuff that works is like i love uh like ray i love kylo i love poe like finn didn't have very much to do but like i love when they were the gang out together like looking for the plot mcguffin stuff even though it was kind of pointless but like when it works it's great but when it doesn't work it's so like i just don't get how these films were made in the state they were because it you know like ryan johnson if he came into it and said this is what i this is what i want in in episode eight and the star wars company were like yeah that sounds really good it is then absolutely like just incredible not in a good way that then jj abrams was like oh yeah i want to do this one and i want to have none of that stuff better and they were like yeah sure go for it like how how does that happen it's it's almost like J.J. Abrams after he directed that first one, and he I don't know I don't know how much say he had in giving it to Ryan Johnson. I don't know. It's almost like they didn't communicate at all. Like it's yeah. almost like Ryan Johnson was just told, "Oh, do what you like, do what you like. It doesn't matter." And then there was no communication. Yeah, it, it's just for the record. It, yeah. I, hmm. I I like it for the record, like it matters. Yeah. I I respect like I really respect the fact that Ryan Johnson like made the decisions he did because Star Wars at its worst, is, like, very stagnant and very much is, like, the same families, the same bloodlines, the same, all of that shit. So, like, I do actually, like, I really respect the fact that Ryan Johnson made decisions and choices that, like, actively shake up what Star Wars is as a world. I just wish that, like, that they had had the courage to stick with them because they must have stuck with them when he pitched them. I think it's because of the backlash. I can't help but think Disney must have had a say in that and they didn't like all the negativity it was getting from the Star Wars fanboys. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a shame because if they'd stuck with the stuff that Ryan Johnson had um, put in place, I think it could have been a really interesting ending to the series and it would have been a really interesting to see where they would have gone with it. But the way it is, it's just so lazy. Bringing back an old character who had died not explaining how they did it. I mean, the only explanation we get is from Poe, I think it is, when he says, somehow, Palpatine is back from the dead. 
And that's that's the only yeah. discussion they have with it. There's no proper explaining as to how it happened. He's just back. He's back, you know. And he and he can suck the life out of these two Jedi's and come back. Oh, it's fucking hell. Why can't Darth Maul? Unless you've got Maul two lightsabers. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, there was some. There's some great. Oh, buddy, hell, we've not even spoke about the Knights of the Knights of Ray, whatever they were called, the Knights of Ren. Uh, it was pointless. They were so pointless. Oh my god! All they did was stand on the rock, and the camera panned around them. Then they didn't do anything, and then bloody Kylo Ren killed them all. So what the fuck? Oh god! The more I think about it, the more angry I get. But then, I I enjoyed the film as a film. But then when I think about the actual. What it yeah, could have been, and, and the, how lazy it was—it just really annoys me. But in terms of when I watched it, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good action, a good sci-fi film. But Star Wars shouldn't be just a good sci-fi film. It's supposed to be something more than that, you know. It's I mean such yeah. a big deal to a lot of people. But you know, well, when they—I'm sure they'll do a new trilogy and they'll do it all over again, and they'll bring back Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker and Yoda and. Count Dooku will come back as well, I'm sure, for some reason. And Mace Windu. Yeah, I, yeah. I would be surprised if they got Count Dooku back. Can you imagine? Um, well, actually, to be fair, I mean, you know, they did. I don't well mean the actor. I, I mean, bring back the character like a prequel or something, like an old version oh, okay. younger or something. Like they just try and spoof right. it, these old characters in in some form, like they've done with all the, like with the solo um, uh, prequel story they did. Yeah. With uh, Lando. Anyway, so there you go. I mean, this is old news. Star Wars has been out for almost two months now. Um, yeah. There you go. Anyway, well, it was fine. Um, it was fine. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was fine. Well, you know, fine. Um, thank you very much for listening to this extended Heroes of Handheld uh, Star Wars ramble. Remember, we want to hear your video game resolutions for 2020. So drop us an email, Heroes of Handheld at gmail.com. Um, and and hopefully, Colin will speak next week if my internet is working. Yes, in some form. I know I had a lot of issues with my internet, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I hope your move goes all all well. And um, is it, it's next week you're moving then? We should probably talk about off that. Next. Sun- yeah, that's true, actually. Yes, I'll tell you off air. Love yeah, you. Yeah. Bye, everyone. <laughs> bye, everyone. Love you all. Bye, 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 bye.